Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Rachel Whitchurch received two Golden Guitar nominations for her debut album, Finally Clear, which was also a number one album on the ARIA charts. Since then, she's been busy touring and running her business and her family. But happily for us, she has a brand new single called called I'm Not Cool. We're going to talk about that. Hi, Rachel. Hello, and thank you for having me back on the show again. I think you're one of my favourite interviewers, but don't tell the others. (laughs) well thank you and I'm always happy to talk to you because it's always interesting and you're always creating wonderful music and I love this song so much I've had it on repeat 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 don't know when I'm going to stop repeating it but I'm going to start um, by asking you about uh well about the nature of being cool so our teenage years are probably when we think the most about things that are cool or not cool when you were a teenager who did you think was cool oh Casey Chambers 100%. 100%. And I, and I say that <clears throat> so confidently because I remember getting teased at school and I was like, I mean, I was one of those kids who, you know, I, I played country music, right? I didn't really care if people thought I was cool, really. Um, but I remember going to school and wearing one of those big headbands that Casey used to always wear in the Dead Ringer band. And my friends were like, why are you wearing a headband that's so big? And I'm like, Casey Chambers wears them. And they're like, we don't know who she is. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you should. And I was just so like secure in that, you know, if Casey did it, it was cool. <laughs> I think that's, that's valid. Yeah. Thank you. I, I think I think so as well. But, you know, I think, um, look, yeah, I think coolness is a very, it's a very interesting topic that we could probably talk about, you know, all day long because, you know, I think, coolness really comes from you know mostly not caring if you're cool yeah yeah absolutely yeah. ironic ironic right the more you want it the further it, it's like love the more you want it the more it escapes you yeah yeah yes there is a certain nonchalance about cool and and I totally agree Casey is absolutely completely cool has always been will always be um but now that you're a grown-up who do you think is cool probably still Casey but anyone else she is pretty cool yes um I think like you said I probably the older I got the probably like probably the less I think about that and I probably think less about being cool and more about who is authentic and that's probably more important to me so I really am drawn to people that I feel uh you know are real and interesting um and I think you know I was talking to someone about this the other day but I heard the same once and it was like um there's nothing more uninteresting than someone who has never suffered or someone who never stops talking about their suffering <laughs> and I was like that's so interesting because it's so true right you like you know you people who have never experienced any sort of hardship like you know it's really hard for me to relate to them I'm just like oh life is hard man like and then those people who just go on and on you're just like all right give it a rest you know <laughs> you bring pain <laughs> yeah. it's a balance to be struck there <laughs> middle ground right where it's people who have experienced the real world um authentically and and you know and comfortably within themselves and then um are able to move forward and press on and and I think that's kind of you know what I'm drawn to is just you know authentic people who have lived a real experience right which is cool yeah that's yes. and it's cool that's what I think yeah. it's cool real people you know and yeah. there's so much in the music industry of that you know there there is so much pretense in in not just not specifically to country music in the music industry in general you know people um do care a lot about being cool and they do care about what people think of them and I just think it's it's such a um it's such a trap right because 
who are these people, you know, like how do we, how do we appease them all, you know? So I think all you can do, um, you know, all you can do is just be yourself. Cause otherwise, you know, I've had people, friends of mine who are in the industry and they've put out, you know, music and, and then it's maybe not been completely, you know, who they are, mm. but then they've got to be that. They've got yeah. to like, they've got to be that for their, their career. And it's just like, you know, make sure the, the stuff that you're putting out, even if it doesn't feel like it's, you know, um, maybe what's popular, make sure you're, you're comfortable in being that person because you're going to have to be that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot less work to be authentic because that's yes, right. Try it. Part yeah. of what I, I loved about um, Tamworth when I first went years ago was realizing that the audience was not trying to be cool. That having mm. been to Big Days Out and other festivals, yes. then coming to Tamworth and realizing, oh, everyone here just knows country music's pretty daggy and they're not trying yes. to be cool. And it was really don't, don't care. Yeah. It is freeing, right? And so, yeah. and like there is like this new, I don't know if it's new, but there is, you know, starting to be like your little pockets of like, you know, coolness within country music. And and I think that's, you know, the way that country has historically, or at least for my years alive in the world, that I've experienced kind of has ebbs and flows where society decides, oh, it's kind it's kind of cool again like it's come back yeah. around um and Casey was actually you know one of those driving forces that did make it cool for that period of time um and you know it still continued on but you know it had a very strong you know sort of resurgence um but I think um you know it's like the fans that you're talking about they're like the loyal ones who they're like oh, we don't care if it's cool or not we just love it we just love good music now yeah. from what I understand the song was sparked by a conversation with your friend Fanny Lumsden and you were both saying that you aren't cool which I find really funny because actually I, I do think other people would look at the two of you and think you're really cool because of all of the great <laughs> things nice. you do. But what, but when you were having that conversation, were there, there things that you said about yourselves, like I'm not cool because of X, Y, Z? Well, yeah, or? and it's exactly like even some of the lyrics in this song were specifically from that conversation that we were having. And so this idea, especially in Australian culture, um, you know, the first, the first verse is, you know, it's not cool to be too excited about anything at all and then the next line is it's not cool to have a whole plan about the way you want the chips to fall and so we were discussing this idea that you know um a lot of people kind of want to look like they don't care about their music they don't care about their achievements and you know you see people post and they're, they're like um yeah this thing happened and you're like okay you got nominated for a grammy that's kind of a big deal you know like or whatever it may be and so we're just like what is it like it's a right thing like be, yeah. if you're excited be excited and and also you know um another thing that i really love is like music business which is not you know i think most artists kind of um <clears throat> they think that's like um i don't know an artist's kryptonite like the, the thing that like takes away from the art but i see you know the whole business as does fanny as kind of an extension of the art form and so you get right. to decide um how people receive your music and what it looks like and how it feels and 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 where you, you know and so um i have a very you know good relationship with music business because i don't see it as you know the dirty part of music i see it as like the extension you know and so, yes, the short answer is, um, yeah, all those sorts of things about, you know, really expressing how you really feel and caring and being excited when good things happen. I feel like they're things that in Australian culture, you know, we're not like Americans. Americans get excited by everything, you know, <laughs> and we're just like, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. You know, it's cool. Yeah. It's good, it's good. But don't get too excited. 
Yeah, that's right. So interesting what you say about the business being an extension of the art, really, and it's not a dirty word because, of course, people can only find out about the art through the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's absolutely necessary. Um, that's right. And I know that you you, you, know, you do work on both sides because you have a booking agency and a very busy and successful one. So you have, I would imagine, a somewhat unique perspective on all of this. Yeah, and I also, you know, I grew up playing in my family band with my mum and my dad and my siblings and me and my dad, you know, like he um, sort of like drove, you know, he's a very successful entrepreneur and so he sort of like as part of my homeschooling would have me work on all the businesses that we were that he was running and so you know obviously in the music but then also you know he had um you know other businesses that he was doing as well and so I think like I learned a lot about business from a really young age and it really interested me and it excited me and so when I came into music you know as an adult um it, it you know and I think look I, I, I obviously as you said I run a booking agency I only run a booking agency and agents I think um it's funny because they're like some of the most hated people in the industry. <laughs> because <laughs> they do the wheel and then the dealing right and they and they're a lot more often than not they're not great people sorry agents of the world but they're usually they, they tell a lot of lies you know and they're, they're not always ethical and so that's just the nature of the world that I work in and it's also like a very heavily male dominated yeah. industry like the, the agent side of things um and so um you know I um a, a lot of I think a lot of people come into the music industry for example agency work and 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 um they look at it and they think okay that's who I've got to be um and so when I came into it I was like okay well that's what they're doing mm. I'm not going to do it like that because that's not authentic to me so if I have to lose a bit of money to maintain my integrity, then so be it. Like I, I, I care less, you know, and that's the thing is the driving force is always the money. Um, and, you know, money is great. We all need money to live, you know, how I feed my children. But at the same time, my integrity, like that's that for me, that's a, a bigger lesson to my children. You know, they're, you know, six, four and newborn. So they don't understand right now. But one day I want them to look at the work I do and be like, oh, mum prioritised, you know, being ethical and being authentic and, and you know, caring for people. Um, over making you know more money so I think that's something that's important to me and then and then and also we are still and again talking about authenticity as it as opposed to being cool it's it's you that is a commitment for you um and very clearly and wonderfully as it comes through in the song still talking about the song you took that idea of not being cool and and then picked up this idea of not being cool when you fall in love and worked song. so I'm wondering how you like that process of writing the song, did you, did you let that kind of marinate in your brain? How long did it take for that song to evolve from that original spark to become what it is now? So when I um, when I first wrote the song, I was actually looking at this just the other day in my um, my voice memos. So I was thinking, when did I write this song? And one of the like the things that I do when I write songs, I'm not texting, I'm bringing up my voice memos up until the date, <laughs> <laughs> is um, I um, I always, like no matter what I'm doing, I you know like since becoming a mum especially don't always have my songwriting book with me um and a lot of the time I used to just write some the lyrics down write the chords and I would remember the songs and then now I'm like oh I can't even remember you know what I had for breakfast yesterday let alone a, a melody and I was forgetting all these melodies so now whatever whenever I write I just grab my voice memos on and then I just like let it go for the whole so sometimes I've got like these ridiculously long voice memos that are like garbage I'll have to listen back later I'm like oh yuck right that was bad um but I have this song which um the first time I ever started writing it was on the 25th of January 2021 so finally clear wasn't even out when I wrote this song 
um, to finally clear came out in April of 2021. And so I just, you know, I just had just continued writing and writing and writing. And so um, <clears throat> I think um, when I, you know, when I wrote this song, it very much had nothing about, you know, falling in love or, you know, and I had this whole idea of I'm going to write this song about not being cool. And then, um, you know, as it kind of got to the chorus, I was just like tossing around ideas. And um, I just felt like I couldn't think of a good way to make it not sound harsh, if that makes sense. And there's a place for harsh, don't get me wrong, right, you know, but that's probably something that I as a songwriter, um, you know, like I often feel like I'm a lot um, in life. And so I think I'm always trying to figure out, you know, how can I put my message across without making people feel uncomfortable or making people feel, you know, judged or, and so I think the idea, you know, when I got to the chorus, I was just like, well, I don't want to rip on people who are cool. You know, that's not what I'm about. You know, like I'm, I'm I, like, you know, some people are just authentically very cool. <laughs> like must be a hard life for them, which I was. Um, and so, you know, I got to the chorus and then I was started thinking about, um, <clears throat> you know, universal topics of when are we all uncool? And then right. that's when I started thinking about when you fall in love, right? And so um, when me and my husband um, started dating, um, we were super young. Um, I think we were like 19 and um, 18 or 19, I can't remember. Um, and um, yeah, I just remember just thinking back to that time and thinking about all the weird ways, like just the weird things you do and just I'm like, oh, <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> and that's when I kind of, you know, started thinking about those feelings, like your heart races and like you can't get the right words out. And, um, and, and that's when I kind of all brought it together with that idea of it, like, you know, I'm not cool, but neither are you. So it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's such a lovely song. Um, but I imagine there was a bit of pressure after finally clear, you know, two golden guitar nominations charting. It's such a great album. Um, and a very complete album in some ways. It's like, it's a song cycle and there it is. It's a body of work. When you're thinking about recording new music after that, is there pressure? Oh my gosh, I feel sick even now. Like the album's not even out and I, like the album's done. Oh, I shouldn't, I'm not supposed to say. This, things are finished. Are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like, you know, this new chapter is like complete and I just like feel sick thinking about it. You know, even putting this song out, um, <clears throat> you know, there's just so many um, stressful things about it, you know, and um, we're right in the midst of the campaign for this song and some things have, you know, um, happened that I wanted to happen and some things happen happen that I want to happen and it's you know you second guess yourself and especially you know with finally clear I was a little greener a little more naive and you know I didn't um I kind of didn't you know I had I had ideas of what I wanted um like you know but I exceeded those and so it makes it really hard so I remember when I said to my publicist I was like listen this is going to be really really hard to do and I said and I don't know how we're going to do it but I just want to get one golden guitar nomination. I don't want to win. I want one golden guitar nomination. She was like, "All right." And I said, "And I want to get one, um, one, um, you know, one of my songs to chart in the top twenty or something like that." And so, you know, we ended up. Oh, and then, and then the, the, the album sales. And I was like, "And I want to be in the top ten for like Aria, you know, week or whatever." And then I went to number one on Aria for the Australian country albums. And then, um, you know, I got two golden guitar nominations. And then I had like, you know, one top ten single and three, you know, top fifteen singles or whatever. And so everything I wanted, it did better than I expected, which was like really overwhelming and just like such like a beautiful time and then you get a little older and you get a little wiser and then the goalpost changes and then you're like okay now I have to like repeat that 
um, and hope that I've got, you know, the material to follow that up with. Um, and so, yes, I think it is very nerve-wracking. I think sophomore albums are, you know, stereotypically very nerve-wracking. And the songs are a little different on this album. You know, I'm not, Hapanli Clear was very, um, very hopeful, you know, very, you know, um, I don't know, like taking the risks, taking the chances. And then um, the last three years for us have been like really, like, you know, really great in terms of, you know, career achievement. And then some really crappy things happened like in our personal life. And so it's been a really interesting period. And that's, you know, yeah, I started with this song as my first single, which is very happy. Um, but you get ready. <laughs> We're going to go deep down. <laughs> but I think what's common across your work is this sense that you are coming up close to the listener and inviting them into the story. And that's true on this song as it is on the album. So in terms of 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 you repeating what you've done or, you know, the goalpost shifting, I think that that stays true. You're right there with your audience and um, I, I think that stems from wanting to communicate with them but also writing your songs and performing them in a way which means the audience feels connected to you so I'm quite curious about when you're in the studio whether you feel that or wh- yeah, whether you're, you might just be singing for yourself and singing to record that song or whether you actually are conscious of singing to someone. Hmm. <clears throat> I think um Usually not, to be honest. I'm just trying to think back. Um, so I, you know, last time I was in the studio um, with Matt, um, you know, was when I we, I went down and recorded with him when I was seven months pregnant. Um, and so that was just the whole, you know, I had to keep sitting down and getting my breath and like then stretching myself out. I couldn't get enough air and it was a really hard, you know, way to record songs. Um, but I, I just, I think when I'm recording, I'm, want it, like I said, I wanted the sound as real as possible. Um, and so I'm usually just thinking about the song topic and, and what I'm singing about and how that makes me feel. Um, because I think that, um, you know, if I can think about that rather than, you know, trying to please people, you know, that then it becomes you know, like mm-hmm. more authentic, you know, it sounds like I'm going through the feeling um, of, of what I'm singing about. So, yeah. And there were some songs on this, you know, that I recorded that um, that were really hard to sing in the studio and I really struggled, you know, singing them um, just because they were such, from such a personal place. Um, but, yeah, I think generally I'm trying to be within the song when I'm recording. Yeah. Well, then I guess it does come back to that authenticity that we were talking about is that when you're coming from that authentic place, the listener can hear that because that's certainly what I hear in your songs. Uh, But you mentioned being seven months pregnant when you recorded um, and technically I imagine the things you described, you're sitting down taking rest, but also babies tend to push on organs and move things around. So uh, you've had three now. Are there technical adjustments you've made just in terms of how you're producing notes when you're pregnant? Um, look, I, like, I, I performed all the way through to, like, basically the end of my pregnancy, um, and it was just really hard, like, you know, and so, um, I just, I just, to be completely honest with you, I just couldn't sing as well as I normally sing, and I found that really, really challenging, you know, I was, um, over eight months pregnant when I was doing, um, the Gimpy Master, North Queensland's Rock and Country Festival, like all the, you know, and then um, <clears throat> then I had um, my baby and then two and a half weeks later I had to go to Groundwater and play Groundwater with a two and a half week old, which is just like, oh, that, was a, that was a vibe, that was a real vibe. Um, and so luckily the people at Groundwater, I just like, 
I, like there's so many festivals that I just wouldn't have done with a two and a half week old they like literally like you know drive you around to your locations perform they put you in the most beautiful five-star hotel and they're just like they're, they're really caring they like they came for me with like a car seat they were like we're ready for you and like they were just so lovely they really looked after us um but it was just I was just really exhausted you know my body obviously had just you know had a child <laughs> had yeah. a human being exit me <laughs> and so I was like yeah definitely feeling very tired um but even like doing that like actually the first show back the very like you know the very first show I did second song in my voice just like just conked out for like a minute and my sister who sings with me Savannah um I just gave her the look and then she just started singing my song for me I was like I can't I can't make my voice work and so then I took a little you know I didn't take a break but like you know I, I took a break for that song and then I was like I'm so sorry like my voice you know blah blah, blah whatever and I can I, I mean I can put it down to is my body was like in a bit of shock like what are you doing lady like do you care for us at all yeah. <laughs> so, you meant to be um, resting no you're still in like it's not long so anyway like I just um yeah it was I was definitely delirious um but um so I um yeah and then after that I was like fine but I just think everything I was just exhausted um but I wasn't angry or upset like you know I knew um I knew that I was you know gonna have to do it um my baby was just two weeks late and so I was anticipating having a four and a half week old not a two and a half week old so (laughs) how rude to be that I know super rude and he was gigantic as well so it was just you know all the things (laughs) He was baby number three. They're meant to be early. What's going on? I know. That's what I was not. They, they just want to stay in there. Apparently it's cozy in there. So just stay yes. for a bit longer. So <laughs> He was possibly having too good a time being carted around to gigs in utero. And he thought, right? this is my time. This exactly. Music. I'm traveling. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, no. We actually had a um, and it was just such a beautiful time. Like I did, you know, I, I we came home and then I think I had four weeks, you know, before he was um born it's my third child um but I actually had him at home and it was just so wonderful and I had some midwives come to my house and so it was just you know um a really just a beautiful birth and um I mean you know as beautiful as it is to push a kid out but you know um beautiful in sense of you know <laughs> it was just really peaceful and um my kids were there and they were just so excited and it was just yeah just, it was a really beautiful time well, that's good. And then you went into the fray and played a live show. Um, but you run your life, your music, your business, your children, your household um, from a country town in New South Wales. Yeah. And um, sometimes people might think, oh, you need to be close to a big city to do all of that sort of stuff. But I'm actually wondering if being in a town that doesn't have big commutes and where there are a ton of people actually facilitates you being able to manage all of that because you have a bit more time and space to get things done. Mm. Well, I do. I, I think both ways that because I think I spent 11 years, 10, 11 years living in Sydney. And so I definitely did spend a lot of my years without children and even the, the early years building relationship. And I think like you, you just, you can't be in the music industry without relationship. That's the reality. Um, and so I think that even though I live in a country town now, um, initially I was kind of, you know, in Sydney and mixing with people and, and getting to know people. I think the other thing that is helpful for me and, and one thing that artists like is because I am an artist as well, I'm getting to, you know, I'm often at festivals and, you know, I'm often, um, you know, I can, I can understand how touring is for them um, as an artist and an agent. And so I see kind of both sides of the coin. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, yeah, I think anyone who wants to get in the music industry, like the reality is you have to spend kind of the hard yards, you know, getting to know people 
people and, and building up your relationships. Um, but now that I'm in parks, you know, it's been, you know, definitely great for us. You know, I work from home. Um, you probably can't hear it, but I can hear my baby screaming in the other room um, because he's obsessed with me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, my husband and I both work from home. We have, the, you know, um, our kids, like one's in school and, you know, living in parks you know we were just like we just don't want to spend or can't spend eight million dollars on a house you know like that's the reality and so um I wish I could say my career was that successful but so far it is not I'll let you know uh, so if you see me suddenly splashing out on an eight million dollar house you know I've got a big time um but yeah so I think here like you know we're able to buy a house you know um we send our kids to a great school and you know um and we actually have the freedom to travel and so Sydney you know four and a half, five hour drive away or a flight, one flight. And so, you know, we can go back and forwards as we kind of need to. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. Now, uh, your baby is too young to be musical yet, um, but I'm wondering if either of your other children are showing some musical talent. I mean, <clears throat> they. Um, one of the things I do at home, I've been very careful, you know, to not kind of like, you know, be like a pushy stage mum and be like, you must do X, Y, Z. But, you know, my son gets... Um, he does um, piano and drum lessons. Um, my daughter doesn't do anything yet, she's only four. Um, but even with that, you know, um, we're very relaxed about it. He doesn't really practice. So because we, we were like, it's really about having him, you know, have music in his life as opposed to becoming, you know, some skilled piano player. I just want him to be, you know, at this stage, at this age, just kind of having fun with it. And so, um, but one of the things that I, I do in our life, and my husband does it as well, is where those annoying people who like to sing things to our kids, like, like you know, like instructions and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we make up like a lot of like, you know, songs. And so, you know, make up songs for the new baby. And so I'll often hear, um, you know, um, my daughter, in, like, you know, in the other room, she's playing singing songs that she's made up. And the other day um, I heard her singing a song. This is so embarrassing, but she goes, um, it was something to the effect of, um, why am I so wonderful? Because I came from my mom. Oh, that's adorable. No, it's only adorable because I've said that to her. <laughs> that's why he's so wonderful <laughs> but Probably. she like she has all these little ditties that she you know that she sings and my son my son as well I hear them just so so I think like subconsciously we don't mm -hmm. tell them you know we're writing songs but we just like we sing song things and we try and teach them about you know rhyming and um yeah so it's they're very interesting we often play a game where you know we'll say a line and they have to say the next rhyme or whatever they're not very good at it but fingers crossed one day they'll be good at it <laughs> well and of course I was asking partly because you were in a band as a child so I was yeah. thinking perhaps there will be a Whitchurch family band or maybe not there will not be a Whitchurch family band no I don't think so I think that um I think that sounds like a lot of stress on my life and um it's funny when you look back at the things that your parents did um and you think it's normal and then when you have kids of your own you're just like oh you guys are crazy I don't know why you did that it sounds like hell on earth so <laughs> definitely definitely not doing that and you do and have enough to do already my, my parents kids were a lot better behaved than my kids <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nice well um so you mentioned there have been some other recording with Matt um so I'm guessing you have another single uh, lined up and um some plans after that so for the rest of the year do you have shows already booked are you still looking ahead to what you're going to play which festivals you'll go to 
Yeah, we have some things that are booked that are yet to be announced and, um, and we have some that are already announced, um, some festivals, um, but there definitely will be more touring this year. I'm hoping to have my own um, headline tour later this year um, to get out and then play. And so I'm going to do that with like a full band and so excited for that. And also um, we're um, about to um, kind of uh, start planning out a little house concerts tour, which we've never done before, but we wanted to kind of go out and do these little um, kind of like it's like listening parties and, and play some new material for people and, and you know see in an intimate setting what people think and so um we're going to be looking at doing that um in the coming months but yes it's all um it's all going to be happening this year we, we, we intentionally had kind of given ourselves a little break um in the earlier parts of the year I mean you know not a huge break but like just because I knew I would have a newborn baby and so I really wanted to kind of spend as much time as we could you know just enjoying those early early days um so yeah well I know that one of the festivals you're playing is uh, scone in June and that's that's quite a big lineup um for people who are heading to scone and, and people can keep an eye on your website for other things in the meantime we have this wonderful song I'm not cool Rachel Richard I do think you are cool but the premise of the song is great so I'll just leave it at that but it's lovely to talk to you <laughs> So great to chat with you, Sophie. Thank you again for having me. And thank you for being such a wonderful interviewer with interesting questions. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.